Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. As I've been working with teams over the past several months, I've thought about how people seem to be lacking emotional intelligence. Since that is a general thought, I've taken some time to think a little deeper. This podcast represents thoughts from my reflections, so I hope it's helpful to you. I came across an article on Very Well Mind that was helpful to spur my thinking. Very Well Mind offers an online trusted library of more than 4,000 pieces of content created and refined over the past 20 years, and has been written by more than 100 healthcare professionals and industry experts, including experienced doctors, therapists, and social workers. And then it's been vetted by board-certified physicians. The article, Nine Signs of Low Emotional Intelligence, was written by Kendra Cherry and reviewed by Amy Morin. I appreciate their contribution. It was so helpful to me. So thank you, Kendra and Amy. Kendra starts with this question. Do you know someone who seems to be unable to control their emotions? Low emotional intelligence refers to the inability to accurately perceive emotions in both yourself and others and to use that information to guide your thinking. And here are nine ways Kendra suggests low emotional intelligence can show up in people. I think you'll recognize some of these. People with low emotional intelligence always have to be right. They want to argue a point to death without listening to others. Even when we present data or evidence that they can see that presents that they could be wrong, they still argue their point is right. They have to win at all costs and refuse to agree to disagree. When an opportunity arises, they'll argue their point again. People with low emotional intelligence are oblivious to other people's feelings. When they are confronted that others are having a difficult time being with them or working with them, they seem completely surprised or it never crossed their minds and they have not have known it unless someone pointed it out to them. People with low emotional intelligence can behave insensitively. They usually don't know the right thing to say or the right timing to say certain things. You may be talking about something in particular and ask for input and the person with low emotional intelligence brings up their favorite point or topic, trying to push their agenda that has nothing to do with the current conversation. People with low emotional intelligence blame others for their problems. When something goes wrong or gets in the way of their goals, they find someone or some, something else to blame. They may be working harder than anyone else or more accountable than others, which is causing the problems. That's what's causing the problems. People with low emotional intelligence have poor coping skills. They have difficulty coping with emotionally charged situations. For example, if they're called out by others, they may walk away, keeping from having to deal with their true emotions within the situation. And people with low emotional intelligence can have emotional outbursts. They might lash out, show that they are upset, raise their voice, or just push their point with great emotion. The emotion can seem to be overblown to others. 
And people with low emotional intelligence can struggle with relationships and they're unable to work with that give and take approach of showing empathy and compassion for others' thoughts. People with low emotional intelligence can turn conversations toward themselves. So when they have low emotional intelligence, they tend to dominate conversations regardless of what we're talking about. If they are the ones asking for feedback as they're leading a meeting, for example, they have a difficult time listening and usually turn that conversation back on their ideas. That That's their purpose. When they schedule meetings, it may be more about providing information rather than gaining insight from others. And at the end of the meeting, they're unaware that they ended the meeting without listening. They may really feel like they listened. And people with low emotional intelligence can rationalize their behaviors and fail to realize how their actions are affecting others and the organization. So I want to talk in more detail about rationalizing our behaviors. Most all of us have a difficult time admitting when we're wrong. We really don't like admitting that there's something wrong about our thinking or belief systems. And the stronger our convictions, the more difficult it becomes. To compensate for this bad behavior, we rationalize and justify our actions. And sometimes we even fictionalize our stories to downplay the impact of our behaviors. That's the way we can move on to make ourselves feel better. And we've all done this. It's a natural part of human nature. We have to break this pattern of behavior. When I was young, I was very good at rationalizing. I was a walking fiction writer. As I matured, I realized that continuing to exhibit this behavior would be my biggest barrier. I was somewhat addicted to fictionalizing. In many ways, I had gotten out of trouble by being good at this. Getting away with the things because of rationalizing reinforced pushing more boundaries. There were several events that occurred in my life where the boundaries I crossed provided a wake-up call. Luckily, they were ones that I could manage without severe consequences, but not everyone is that lucky. One of my friends recommended that I connect with someone who she believed in as a healer in life. I made the courageous decision to do that, and it changed my life. Her name was Vilma Longoria. Vilma died on September 14, 2017, from what I believe was taking on the burden of so many people. She helped so many people. I'm so grateful to Vilma. I had drive most of my life to accomplish things, but to be a better person, a better employee, and a better leader, I had to stop rationalizing my way through life and learn how to be forthright and honest to manage myself and to be good to other people. At the time that I thought that Vilma was going to be empathetic and sympathetic to me, she wasn't. She made me look at what was right in front of me. And as most of us, I'm still a work in progress. I don't allow myself to rationalize or fix, fictionalize when communicating. I simply have to stop doing that. I had to stop. What I've found is if I allow myself to do that, even in the slightest way, I can almost become addicted to that bad habit, that bad behavior. I've loved to push boundaries in my life. I've had to learn to live a more patterned life, to not get caught in the thrill of the boundary pushing. I've had to learn how to manage when to push and when to pull. And in many ways, I've had to overcompensate on the discipline side to manage the daring. I've learned to capitalize on my daring nature by being a teacher and a coach, which has also taught me a lot about leadership. 
here's a fun story that always comes to mind when I think about how teaching and coaching can help balance discipline and dare. Years ago, I went on vacation to Key West with several friends. One of my friends wanted to go parasailing, but was extremely afraid of heights. Since two people could go up at the same time, and me being one of the most daring people of our friends, she asked if I'd go with her. We were on the boat as the parasail started to lift. She started screaming, I mean screaming, very loud. I talked her through the anxiety to finally find some beauty and flying freely in the sky, observing the beautiful surroundings. I learned something about myself that day. I had to discipline my daring nature to help someone else find the beauty on the other side. Years ago, my cousin, who was in middle school at the time, lived with my aunt and uncle, her mom and dad, in Germany. I went to visit them and we traveled to Paris. She waited and waited for me to come visit because I was one of few people who she knew would go up to the top of the Eiffel Tower with her. So on our way up we go. We got to the top and I started walking out to see the world. I turned back and (laughs) she wasn't moving. She said, that's enough. I'm good. And I said, no way. This is the one thing you wanted to do when I came to visit you. I took her hand and coached her to take steps forward. It was nothing for me to walk out to the top, but it took everything in her power to do so. It became less about my experience and more about me wanting to make the experience what she had dreamed of. Balancing discipline and dare is my challenge in life. What I've learned is that when I'm helping others, I'm able to work through that challenge in more meaningful ways. When I retire from the decades of professional leadership work, I want to channel my daring side with discipline by writing fictional stories, not to make money, be popular, or sell them, just to simply know that I can go back and make fictional storytelling become an opportunity rather than a barrier to growth, even if I'm not so great at it. We all have a little or a lot of low emotional intelligence. It's difficult to face our challenges and shift our behaviors, yet it can be done. It's important for us to grow as people. It boils down to understanding our feelings that are behind low emotional intelligence. When we do, we also understand how other people feel. That's what Bill Malongoria taught me years ago. We can't get out of our own way until we know the feelings that are driving our behaviors. She taught me and many others how to be kind to ourselves as we learn and grow in life. And to varying degrees, we see people living and acting with low emotional intelligence that causes harm to others. In our personal and professional lives, if we continue to live with low emotional intelligence, we harm ourselves with others. At this beautiful time of year during the month of May, let's find one low emotional intelligence behavior we can work on to improve. Identify it, understand the feelings behind it, and commit to a defined change in a behavior that makes a difference in the way we interact with others. If everyone on earth did this one thing, our world would be a better place. It's a small ask for a big return. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Performance. I'll look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best ever. Have a great week.